Hello, and welcome to the Bethesda Podcast feed. It's here you can find all of our recorded services. And for more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. We hope you enjoy. We're going to look at some more information regarding the Antichrist. Let me say a prayer, and we'll jump right in. Father, thank you so much for your word. I pray that you'd help us to see truth that's relevant, makes a difference in our lives. We'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so 2 Thessalonians 2, starting with verse 9. We spent a lot of time talking about uh, Islam and and whatnot, kind of started along those lines, and then we got into the idea of the Antichrist, and I want to expound on that a little bit more, and I will bring into the conversation Islam tonight, as well as Hinduism and some other religions, uh, because how do they fit into the scheme of a one-world religion, and how are they going to follow the Antichrist, because it, it goes against their theology. I mean, I know there's the 12th Imam that we've talked about, and, uh, you know, this idea of the, the fifth Buddha and whatnot, but how are they going to follow this guy uh, just wholeheartedly? How are they going to, the Bible said he's going to, the whole world's going to wonder after the beast, and so... We'll get into that a little bit. So starting with verse 9, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they may uh, all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So let's break that down. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. The Antichrist will come in the power of Satan, and he will perform signs and and wonders. The scripture here calls them lying wonders. And this uh, this is... uh, amazing. Revelation 13, 13 and 14 says he performs great signs, speaking of the Antichrist, so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. This idea of, of signs and wonders by the power of Satan. If someone seems to have, or really does have, spiritual power with signs and wonders, that is not a guarantee that that is coming from the one true and living God. Mark 16 17 and 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. Now, I want you to notice something. You're probably familiar with this verse, but notice this. And these signs will 
follow those who believe. Signs follow believers. So what do believers believe? Believers believe in this context the word of God. And that seems like uh, such an obvious thing, but hear me out. Believers believe the word. That's where faith comes from, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's where we get this idea of the prayer of faith, this big, powerful, mystical prayer of faith. Somebody's believing what the word says. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. Faith comes from hearing the word. And, and, and faith has a source and it's the word of God. So looking at this, signs follow believers. Here's what I'm trying to point out. The word trumps signs. The word trumps signs. In other words, if someone has signs and wonders, but they don't line up with the word, the word is what we should follow and not the signs and wonders. People who follow signs and wonders are what I call California Christians. Fruits and flakes and nuts. They chase after signs. They look for meetings where signs are taking place. And it doesn't matter how off scripture a ministry may be. And take it out of the context of Christianity. Although that is the truth in Christianity. There's plenty of false teachers and false prophets and people that are way off. But they got signs and wonders supposedly. And maybe they do. But the word trumps signs and wonders but take it outside of christianity to where you have shaman and, and these holy men that uh and, and and holy women that see into the spirit and prophesy and signs and wonders are there witch doctors and whatnot there's some there's some power in that realm it always amazes me when i talk to cessationist in Christianity, meaning they believe that the day of, of, of miracles is over, the, the signs and wonders ceased in the church. But the missionaries that come from those denominations, they go to uh, Africa and Haiti and, and different parts of the world, uh, they're not as convinced that the day of miracles is over because there's all kind of stuff going on in some of the religious activity that's demonic and very spiritual and very powerful. And the question, you know, it just it begs the question. If the devil didn't cease, why did God cease? And I don't believe that he did. But the word trumps, the word trumps. I would go so far as to say I would rather follow someone who is biblically accurate even if at the time they don't seem to have any signs and wonders manifesting in their ministry. I'll take that any day of the week over someone who is biblically in error and yet they seem to have 
signs and wonders manifesting in their ministry. Does that make sense? The word trumps. You see, Satan can perform what we would see as miracles, suspending the natural laws of creation, powerful works, and he, he can do this either through deception or through flat-out supernatural power getting it done. Because the devil's a supernatural being. Demon spirit, supernatural being. Beings. We, we see this in Scripture. Uh, the man that was demon-possessed, naked, in the tombs. They would bind him. They would chain him. And he would break out of the binds, break out of the chains. It was a supernatural strength. Uh, and, and you've probably heard stories. Maybe you've been around demonic activity. You've seen people with just a supernatural power, like a PCP kind of power. But it ain't PCP. It's the devil. And, and that kind of stuff is real. Moffat, let's, let, me, let me go back and say this. Acts 10.38 says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. The devil was supernaturally oppressing people. But God would come along through the ministry of Jesus Christ and supernaturally release them. It's power on both sides. It's a miracle in the reverse that the devil's doing. He's making people sick and oppressing them. And then the Lord would come along and the anointing. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. And he lists out his platform of ministry. And one of the things that he did was he healed. And Peter nails it right here. He was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good because the devil was doing bad. And he was healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Moffat says this, the Antichrist is Satan's Messiah. An infernal character or caricature of the true Messiah. So he, he's, a, he's a mimic. In other words, the Antichrist is going to do things like the true Christ. And it's not an exact opposite. In other words, the Antichrist, check this out. So the devil can make people sick. I mean, we saw that. He went about healing all those who were oppressed of the devil, healing them. So the devil is involved in their infirmity, their weakness, their sickness, etc. And so Jesus would come along and heal them. Well, the devil's going to come along with a Christ. And how many of you think it would be like, wouldn't you want to go follow this guy that would say he would lay hands on people and they would get sick? You wouldn't want to follow somebody like that. So the Antichrist is not an opposite in that, in that sense of the word that he's putting his hands on people and making them sick. But he's going to mimic the real Christ. This is where he is. He's trying to show himself that he is a substitute. He, he, he claims to be Christ the Lord. And he's going to heal people. And it's interesting. You know, can a kingdom divided against itself stand? But this is deception. This is done with the express purpose of getting the world to follow after him. So it's not an exact uh, opposite. It, it's, it's, you know, it's the Antichrist trying to be like Jesus so he can deceive. 
He's going to appear to be good. And so people that follow signs and wonders and not the word, they're, and you'll see that in a moment, they're going to be the ones that, boom, it's going to hit them right between the eyes. They're going to follow after him. Here's the deal. Who are the ones deceived? Paul said it. Those who perish. And who are those who perish? He said it. Those who do not receive the love of the truth. The love of the truth. The people that are ripe for deception are the ones that want something other than the truth. Remember, buy the truth and sell it not. The truth is expensive. The truth costs you your preconceived ideas and what you want the truth to be. The truth doesn't change. The truth is what it is. And you have to release what you want the truth to be or what you believe the truth to be. You have to sell that in order to buy the truth. And it's expensive because we like our own ideas. We like our way of seeing things. That's the way my mama did it. That's the way my grandma did it. That's the way my great-grandma did it. And we just, and that's the way we do it. We're the hills. That's why the hills do it. Well, if the hills are doing it different than the word, the hills are wrong. The word is right. Well, the hills seem to be doing pretty good. That's following signs and wonders. We're, signs and wonders should follow believers. And I'm convinced that if you, had, if you were true to the word, there's going to be some supernatural power that flows in your life. So notice this. Those who do not receive the love of the truth. They want something other than. They hunger and thirst after not righteousness, but unrighteousness. That which is not right. So the result is this. Check it out. God sends them a strong delusion. You got to take the scripture at face value. This is what it's saying. It doesn't say, and so the devil sent them a strong delusion. He's, he's tricking. He's deceiving. But this says they didn't receive the love of the truth, so God sends them a strong delusion. That's a disturbing thought for me, y'all. I'm just going to be honest with you. God chooses their delusion. Matthew 16. Boy, it's awful quiet in this Presbyterian church. Matthew 16. The great confession of Peter. You know, Jesus asked the question, Whom do you say, whom do men say that I, the son of the son of man am. Who, who do men, he's asking his disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Son of man is a reference to his humanity. He referred to himself as son of man more than any other title. So who do men say that I, the son of man, am? 
And, you know, they gave, some say you're this, you know, Elijah, some say you're uh, Isaiah or, or, or Jeremiah, one of the prophets come back. He said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter has the great confession. He says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, he said, you didn't get this by flesh and blood. Called him Simon Barjona, son of John. Peter's dad's name was John. He said, you didn't get this from your daddy. He said, but my father has revealed it. My daddy has revealed this to you. Revealed revelation. He had been around Jesus for a long time. Jesus talk, 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 talk. It's sinking in, it's sinking in, and it drops from his head to his heart. That's revelation. Like he saw something in his heart. Reveal. It was open. It means to take the cover off. It was, it was opened up in his heart. And it just, Peter's like, he's like, it's going to pop out of his mouth, you know, when it's, when it's there. Out of the abundance of the heart, Peter exemplified that, right? And so he just, he's like, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you didn't get this from your dad. You got it from mine. This is a revelation. God revealed a truth to him. Here he says he's going to reveal a delusion to people. It's people who refuse, this language is so strong, y'all, to love the truth. I can live with my wife, and I love her. It's so much better if I'm living with her and loving her. You, you can know the truth and not love the truth. You can hear the truth, know it's the truth, choose not to receive it, choose not to believe it. And when you start down that path, it's a dangerous path. To him that knows to do good and does it not, it's sin. And so you have this opportunity when truth is shown to you, it's revealed to you. And, you know, James would say, don't be a hearer only. But be a hearer and a doer. Do it. Do what the word says to do. There's some things that are real simple to do. Baptism is real simple to do. It's not hard. It really isn't. It's just a matter of going down in the water. Being baptized. That's not hard to do at all. In Jesus' name. The name above every name. Again, scripture says that's the way to do it. Who am I to argue with the word? Who am I to think I know more than Peter, James, and John? Am I going to lean on the SBC? Am I going to lean on the, the, the uh, uh, Presbyterian Church of America? Am I going to lean on the United Methodist Church? Am I going to lean on the United Pentecost? Am I going to lean on some organization uh, of men? Or am I going to lean on the Word? Who am I? So if the Word says it, I see it, I, I'm obligated to do it. If I don't, I'm, I'm like a man that looks in the mirror, walks away and forgets what he looks like. I, I Faith without works is dead. As a body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Like It's not animate. It's not moving. It's not doing anything. It's not accomplishing anything. And the idea is, if I see truth, I'm obligated to do something with it. I'm responsible for it. And so here, people didn't love the truth. And, and he's saying... Because they didn't love the truth, and you could say it like this, the truth of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, as preached and practiced by the apostles. 
then they're going to end up believing not just any lie. The definite article is in front of it. But the lie. A specific lie. The lie, which lie is that? In the context here, the lie that the Antichrist is pushing. The Antichrist has an agenda, and they're going to buy it. Paul goes on to say that they should believe the lie, and, and uh, it's, it's not a good thing. This, listen to this. This is the lie that has enthralled the human race from the very beginning. The lie that says God's word doesn't matter. The very beginning, Adam, Eve. The Lord said, you can eat all the trees of the garden, but this one, don't eat of that one. And so the serpent comes, you know the story. Hey, Eve, what about this tree? Oh, you know, we, we can eat of all the fruit of the garden, but we can't eat from this one or touch this one. It's not exactly what God said. We don't know if Adam maybe set up some kind of boundary, you know, like, I don't know. And he said, oh, no, no, no. The essence of what took place in the garden was he was saying, God's word doesn't matter. I've got a better idea. I have a suggestion. You're gonna, you'll be like God if you eat this fruit. And, that, that, that's, and I've, we've, I've preached about that. That whole thing's that's just nuts because they were created in the image and likeness of God already. But it just it led down this path. You don't know how far sin's going to take you. You don't know how far when you walk away from one truth, you think you can stop there. But it's a slippery slope. You ever heard that? My grandparents would say that kind of stuff to me, Rose, you know, back in the day. And I grew up, we grew up in the same church. And, and, uh, and back in the day, you know, they talk about that slippery slope. You shouldn't date that girl out of church. You know, that's a slippery slope. You, you know, back in the day, you know, you better be careful of those skating rinks. That's a slippery slope. You got the guy out there doing the backwards skating. Hair's blowing back, right? <laughs> Thinking all the girls are looking at him, but they are kind of laughing at him, right? But like, who is that guy? And then, you know, there's the other guys that, that are like, oh, you know, that was me. Of course, I had all the girls, but, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but the slippery slope. Y'all ever heard that? Anybody that grew up in church, the slippery slope. It's a sli But you know what? There's truth in that. It's a slippery slope. You know, even back in those days, man, they're going to the bathroom smoking a little weed at, at the old uh, skating rink, you know? And uh, it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. And so Eve is like, she, she eats that fruit and... and all hell breaks loose, but it's the it's the age old, the age old lie that the word doesn't matter. So it's a dethroning of God's word, taking the word off the throne. So with the Antichrist, will Muslims believe the lie? Will Hindus? 
believe the lie? Will Jews believe the lie? I mean, their theology is so far away from what the Antichrist is selling. Even though it's wrong in, in a lot of ways, and we've talked about that. But it's just, how will they? That's always intrigued me. And there's books about how the Antichrist is going to be uh, a Muslim. Uh, and I've, I've read those, and they're fascinating books. But uh, they're the, even the Hindus, the Buddhists, I know they're looking for this 12th year. So how will all of those theologies converge? I'll tell you how. God's going to choose the delusion. They don't want to believe it. But because they didn't love the truth, they're going to embrace the theology of the Antichrist. He will fit right into that belief system. And God is using that theology and that point of view that the Antichrist is selling for his plans and purposes. They're going to abandon their original beliefs or merge them into what Antichrist is proclaiming. Listen to what Moffat says. The point is this. The Antichrist will embody all that is profane and blasphemous. Every conceivable element of impiety or wrong and sin. And instead of being repudiated, the Antichrist will be welcomed by Jews and pagans alike. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. But you know what? This guy, this guy, he could be our guy. The, the Allah and his, you know, his prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. But this guy, this guy, Buddha, I got to empty myself. But this guy, Hindus, you know, the different castes, the, the, the cows, the sacred places, the, the Ganges River, but this guy, just there's something about this guy. The whole world will wonder after him. And those that are still left on this earth after the rapture, Christians, people who, who are like, well, I believe in Jesus and I missed the rapture. And, and if you don't love the truth, you're going to get right in that flow. The whole world will wonder after the beast. God will choose their delusion. And I will say this, and I'm running out of time, but I will say this, that principle, this is in the context of 2 Thessalonians, this is talking about the rapture and, and the Antichrist being revealed after the rapture and what's left, what we're talking about here is what's going on, but the idea and the principle, it applies today. If you reject the word, if you don't love the truth, if you don't buy the truth and and, and hang on to it. Because, because listen. We see in scripture. Mark chapter 4. The parable of the sower. Anytime the word is sown. The, the, the devil's coming after that word. You hear a word. You get a revelation of a word. The devil's coming to steal it. Jesus told Peter. Who had that great epiphany. That revelation. He said. The, the enemy has come. To sift you as wheat. 
to reduce you to steal the revelation that you have boldly proclaimed. But I prayed for you. When you're converted, when you come back, you see, the enemy's going to come after the truth. That you, you've got to love the truth to hang on to the truth. You've got to make a quality decision. I'm hanging on to the truth, no matter what my circumstances are. And, and you've got to start, man. You've got to start. It's got to be part of your everyday life. It's got to be part of your everyday life. Like when, when the word says, you know, by his stripes and, and you're facing sickness. Like, don't wait till you get cancer to start praying for healing. That's like trying to build a second story or a third story and you hadn't even laid the foundation. Don't try to lay the foundation in the middle of the storm. Have the foundation already laid. So you got, you got to apply that in your daily life. But the idea is that you've got to love the truth because the enemy's coming after it. And you got to hang on. You know? And, and another illustration. Good way to look at it. Marriage. Marriage. Like, you, you know, you love your spouse. You love them. And, and you need to love them because the world's going to bite your face off through the years. And, and you know, so, you know, sometimes I come home and I, I don't have a face because the world bit my face off. And Valerie's like, I love you. My face starts coming back on, you know. And, you know, like, it's, the world's, it's, it's a tough place. But, you, but love, love can bear all things, right? So you love, love the truth. Love the truth. And then it says that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So as God gives rebellious man the lie he desires, he really wants to believe something other than the word. So, so the, the Lord says, you want to believe something? You Let me just say this, man. I'm just going to tell you, man. This idea of the Lord giving delusion, like that's... And, and there's Old Testament scripture for that, too. A lion spirit went and told a king some things at the behest of the Lord. See, we don't talk about that stuff, right? Well, like, God's good all the time, and all the time, God's good. Amen. And, and if you're ever sitting in my Bible study, you hear me say, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good, even though he killed 34 million people in the Bible. The flood, Sodom and Gomorrah. On and on and on. Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament church. Praise the Lord. Gifts of the Spirit moved and they fell over dead. God's good. But he's going to get his will done. And the idea of him sending delusion. Uh, and, and, and that kind of that kind of stuff is, is mind boggling. Uh, one last thing on that. Like you can. I've heard preachers say this. That have walked away from God ordained biblical truth that they once stood on. And then they tell me, I've had a new revelation. And I'm always a little bit like, because here's the deal. It may be a revelation. That you want it all along. And God said, you, you want to believe that? I'll put it in you. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be humble, pliable, admit when I'm wrong. Because I, I have grabbed a hold of some things in the Bible. And I'm like, this is great. And a little while later, I'm like, mm, that's not true. <laughs> and you have to be humble, you know, and say, okay, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, Lord. I got off on that, you know. 
I had a good friend of mine. He went down uh, a tangent on, got involved with a cult, and was believing all this kind of stuff. It was hilarious and terrible. He was telling me about. It. He's like, man, this, these people, it's amazing. I said, I don't, I don't know, man. I, that sounds kind of screwy to me, you know. And, and, uh, and, and finally, he got, he realized, he told me, he's like, wow, that's a cult. I was like, wow, it kind of sounded like it to me, man. And he, and he got out of it, thank God. But he was humble enough to admit it, be humble, say, well, that was wrong. You know, I went down the wrong path for a while. But, all right, so uh, stand with me right now. Let me just conclude by saying this. L listen to what he says in uh, verses 13 and 14. He said, but we, Paul saying this, we're bound to give thanks to God always for you. Brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and your belief in the truth to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's a lot. What's he saying? Paul's brethren beloved by the Lord were the ones who loved the truth. And they were called by the gospel. They heard the gospel call. And they were chosen because they said yes. Many are called. Few are chosen. And they were saved as a result of that. They were set apart by the Spirit and by their belief in the truth. In other words, they tapped in to something from heaven, another power source. Because here's the deal. You're going to be influenced by one or the other, one of the power sources. And uh, these people heard the word. They believed it. They loved it. They obeyed it. Because of that, they're called brethren to the Apostle Paul. They're called beloved of the Lord. They're called, they're chosen, they're saved, they're set apart. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. And so then in verse 15, and I'll tease this for next time. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught whether by word or our epistle or letter, stand fast. You have to stand fast. Next time we'll get into that word traditions because traditions is seen as a bad word, right? Back in the day, we had a little, a little brochure we put out and I had a, a, like a, like a, a, a nuclear warning sign, the, the nuclear, uh, like this is radioactive. And, I, and, I, and it was just our little brochure for the church, and it said, warning, this church is dangerous to your tradition. Beware, you know. And, and I get it. Yeah, there's, some, there's some dumb tradition. And Jesus talked about tradition a lot, too. But there's some tradition. I mean, Paul says it right here. Hold fast to it. We'll talk about that. Amen. I want to tell you something. Jesus loves everybody in this building tonight. 
Jesus loves all the people of the world. And Jesus wants everybody. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to a place of repentance. Just yielding your life to Christ, yielding your life to God. You know what to do. Why wouldn't you do it? You know your next step. Why wouldn't you do it? I believe God's speaking to somebody right now about your next step. What is your next step? You know. I'm telling you, I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, you know your next step. What are you going to do with it? You're going to love the truth? Embrace it? Or are you going to throw it away and experience the chaos and the pain that comes outside of a covenant relationship with God? You know your next step. And that's what we see here, man. It's just, it's so vital that we take that step. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for your word. And even on a Wednesday night, I sleep. Thank you for joining us. And for more information, you can visit us at GoBethesda.com. You can also visit us in person at 15050 Daigle Road, Prairieville, Louisiana. Services are at 10 a.m. Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday.